spoke all night. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was her usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones, and many, many other places. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded since then. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free stream in there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it'd be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N, Spoken Label. Back in the house again today for a special treat today because I've got a dear friend of mine in Amanda's on the other line today and I've known Steve here for a while. Probably better part of what, what, five years now, Steve, is it? Yeah, about five years. Yeah, yeah. I met Steve originally over at um, on the second night of the night in Stretford that we actually go run now. So Stretford's always welcoming open mic literature night speak easy and i met steve at the second one and eventually we ended up taking it over with amanda so that's why it's a pleasure steve is a fantastic writer and he jumps around he doesn't stick to one sort of set formula either so that's why it's a pleasure with steve so steve you want to introduce yourself to everybody tell them who you are and i know were you originally born in the stratford area no i wasn't um I live in Stratford now. My name's Steve Smythe. Um, I was born in Hume. Ah, right. Yeah, I'm a Nana's flat where the red bricks are. Um, they build sort of three story red brick flats there. Uh, that back onto maybe Mancunian Way flyover near to home. The arts complex. So it's right, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, just on the edge of the city centre. And then I, I grew up in Hume. Oh, right, they did not. Because I can't be the way around, because I was born on, do you know where Barton Road is in Stratford? Obviously, you all know it. Cause, yeah, I was born on, the first house I lived on was next to a place called the Chapel of Rest, if you've heard of that. Okay. It's, it's straight up my road towards Lost Top Circle around that way, so that's the first oh, house right. I lived on. And that I grew up around there, and I moved to Denton, or the Guy Bridge, about nine years ago. So, so I've got all my family down there. So so when did you move to Stratford originally, Stephen? Well, I moved, I've been here for, actually, I've been here for six years this month, uh, April 2014. It's, it's funny, really, because if you grew up in Hume, sort of, when I was growing up in Hume, it was always seen to be a bit of a, a bit of a move up the social ladder if you moved to Stratford. So, uh, by my parents and by lots of people who were there. And when I used to go to church so when I was little, sometimes the people who made a few bob who lived in Stratford would come to Hume, go to Mass on a Sunday. And, uh, and then they would get in the garden and then go back to Stratford and it was always something slightly ignotic about them. Oh, um, right. So, uh, right. Now, 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 now I'm in Stratford and it's, uh, it's exotic. It's an exotic place to live. <laughs> it's fashionable. Definitely fashionable. So, but, um, obviously, in relation to you, your writing then, so I know, I know, obviously, I know you, you're writing all kinds of things. 
Um, so where did you, when did you first start writing them? Was it when you were much younger then? Or did it come later in life? Well, I think it was always, I always liked English at school, probably like a lot of people who write. And, you know, um, and I, I actually forgot that, that, that um, I did get shortlisted in a national competition when I was in the sixth form. Uh, oh, wow. Which was run by Barclays Bank. And I, I also forget about that. And, um, and, and I, I, I tried to, I made a note of it before, we, before the, the podcast. And yeah, so, so and my, my school got some books as a prize. Some of them Barclays Bank came and, and gave me and, and gave me some books with my name for the school library, but the school doesn't exist anymore. So I don't have books. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I and then I, I, I sort of I, I worked as a, a pub reporter on local newspapers and then I <clears throat> and then I saw I ended up working in public relations basically for many many years and worked for, for the town hall in Manchester and doing sort of propaganda on the lakes. Yeah, yeah. So I was you're used to telling fiction at that point then basically, weren't you? There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, some good people as well there, you know, and I enjoyed sort of I used to I ended up doing blogs for directors and oh, senior wow. and managers and I, you know so I'd be writing first person be ghostwriting them basically and obviously you know they'd have to get signed off or whatever but there were some people in particular particularly the women I enjoy I think they were more adventurous if you like and, and, and a bit less sort of conservative for the small scene and what they actually were prepared to broadcast yeah yeah of course completely that's probably my last job working at the council yeah, and obviously, like it's so. Jobs you've always been creative one way or another. So, so what did you really get into first? I know, obviously, nowadays I know you from writing a lot of flash fiction more, really. But when I first met you, say, well, for a can't believe it was five years ago, I remember you telling me you, you, you're on, you're right, you're on your second draft of a novel, weren't you? And you were quite a big poet back in those days. So, obviously, your writing has changed a lot over the years, hasn't it? Then, yeah, well, the emphasis I've definitely, uh, I've, um, I was, I started to write a novel really as a, as a form of sort of, it was either that or going in the pub because the marriage broke down then in, at the end of 2012 and uh, I ended up getting a flat in here because of my family had been shot. And um, yeah, so when I didn't have the kids, sort of, I was a family man, very much a family man, so I miss the kids a lot when I didn't have them. It's hard for them, of course. And, you know, so I just got a little notebook and uh, started to write. And I wrote, you know, sometimes it's cathartic and I just wrote and I wrote, a, I wrote a novel. And, you know, the trouble is when you write, when you write like that, you've got to be careful because people, when they write, it becomes almost like a memoir. And you've got to, what I learned to do was to, to write fiction so that I think the more it was less about what actually happened and what, you know, more about a story. And that was wasn't true then or not it wasn't necessarily true and um, then it was a better read but i did put it away in 2017 after about four years four and a half years um and uh, i do i went to do a master's in 2016 so i did put it away and i think i, I do want to get it back out again yeah and what i remember from speakeasy and people want to speak unless you were there you were seeing i remember you in extracts of that one it was a fantastic read I look forward to hear someday, hopefully, we've seen you read that one, definitely. For some. And also, I can find a copy as well. So, But then, like I said, it's your journey, obviously, when I first met it was more, you're more of a poet. So what made you want to move into writing more flash fiction nowadays? 
Well, I did write poetry, and, and, and the, the great thing about Manchester is that, you know, and I say this without sort of any hyperbole, it's, it's arguably the, the, the capital of poetry in this country. You know, you've got the Manchester Writing School, which is the old man. Well, it's, it's part of um, um, MMU or ManNet, as it's called. And, um, you know, they, have, they, have, they do have world-class poets there. I mean, Carl M. Duffy is, of course, leader. He's Michael Sam Roberts. It's a whole range of people from all over the world who are, who, who, who are there drawn to Manchester and did a lot of free events and stuff as well. And I, I befriended some people on, on a writing group and actually I with doing a, a master's in poetry and inviting me along to a poetry group. And I basically I sat down for two or three years with some extremely talented, award-winning, published poets and I learned a lot from them, you know. And uh, yeah, so and I, I ended up being a founder member of the Manchester Stanza Poetry Group as well. So I have a love of poetry and I, I read it, I read it off. I've got a decent collection of contemporary poetry, and, um, but I don't think I don't see myself as a poet as time and honour. You know, I'm much more, I'm much more sort of lean towards prose. I think I'm, I'm stronger there. Yeah, you're right, it's, it's exceptional. So I love it, and obviously we have to be very careful we touch us that far because then um, people, if people know where you work nowadays and follow your Facebook wall. Obviously, before lockdown. Your job, should we say? Um, I used to come up with some priceless anecdotes all the time. We did of dialogue, things like that. And were they quite? Are they quite easy of you to write? Obviously, because I don't want to go into the topics of them. Because yeah, well, so, like, to be honest, I mean, well, you know, I work at DAPA, for a multinational organisation, and, and an international organisation. And, and I mean, to be honest, though, it's, it's just a situation. I mean, it's about people, and, and it's about friendship, and it's about the things that people do and say, and and Sometimes it's there are part, there are sort of parts of the job that are extremely tedious, really, and uh, especially depending on which car park station you're on. So if you if you're not on a gate, if you're on a gate, it's often busy, but you might be around the back and you know pointing, you know finding empty days for people to park in. So it's it's not the most challenging job, but um, except to say if you are on a gate, it's different. The dynamics different when you're dealing with people, and whereas. Uh, but you know, to alleviate the, the boredom, I just like jot down things people say and uh, put them into a little sketch. And um, yeah, I just uh, and I'll, I'll often upload them on Facebook and I've sort of developed a sort of a bit of a following really um, into a story. Obviously, I would have locked down that sort of source of dry that dry that dried up really. You've been if you're finding always a lot of know you're always finding there's always because you you sketch you do a lot of sketching you've got your style. Like, I know your dad's quite a regular recurring character some of your stories, isn't he? Cause he... Well, I put, me, I put my dad in now because, you know, I sort of, just because of, I mean, he's, you know, the character in, in the novel was based on that, and um, he is quite dry, and uh, yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, he's got a funny, he's funny enough, and um, a bit sharp as well, so he's 86 now, and uh, he's doing well, and so I did run out to see him, and, you know, he tells me to stand. He's just saying he's going to put some tape outside, outside his front door, and to stand behind. And uh, you know, and uh, you know, you know, God forbid if I don't bring him any packets of chicken noodle soup, because he's, he's not happy. You know, even though, strong, even though he's got strong opinions about the Germans, he seems to me like no chicken noodle soup. You know? I'm, I have the heart to tell him that's a German brand. <laughs> Good stuff. Now, obviously, it's only fair we should really talk about speakeasy. So I was like, me and you have been ringing Stratford speakeasy. Now, what is it? 
Two, 18 months now, isn't it? I seem to have gone. Well, well, probably longer. Well, a good couple of years, I think we've been doing it yeah, now. Really. Yeah, it's gone really. Like it's, um, what's this? Have you ever run a night before? Speak easy, have you? Or just the first time you've ever run a night? It's like it's, it's, a, it's the first time I've ever, yeah, it's the first time I've ever run a night and um, a spoken word night, most definitely. Yeah. And um, as I say, I did actually, I was one of the founder members and I helped. One of a team of three, like we are, three people. Um, there was a team of three setting up the Manchester Stanford Group, which is called Real Life Poets, which is still going. It on, it's a workshop. So you bring the stuff along to get it critiqued, basically. And then, um, you know, and, you know, feedback is an interesting thing because I, I did used to go to the Monday night group as well. It's, it's a good group, don't get me wrong, but went for a period where people were arguing. And I think if you go along, I think the, the, the I think feedback is a difficult thing to give well and sometimes to accept as well. But you know, I think there are, there's an art to, to sort of to sort of giving and taking feedback really. And, um, yeah, I, I was, <laughs> but I did find that really helpful when I went along to the Monday night group. That was the first workshop I went along to, and I got some. You know, there was the quality of the feedback would be better from some people, but that's just the nature of the group. You know, it became much more sort of. You know, you've got to be careful, you know, what you're going to workshops for. Are you going there to be told that you're a great writer or are you going there to improve? Yeah, that's what I believe. When you go to a sort of feedback group like that, I go in there to try and improve all the time. So I think the best way to become a writer themselves I think, is if you listen and then try and, or then if you do the right, proper writer workshop, like obviously you're you coming to know what I've been running. And that's where you just give you a chance to experiment with bits and pieces and writing. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> Completely different side of things altogether. Yeah, I mean, I just think you listen, just listen, and you're the writer, you own the work. So if you don't agree with the feedback, you just stamp people and move on, you know. And, and yeah. more, more often than not, what people say, even if you don't even think at the time that it's been particularly it's something you agree with, you might, you might go away, you go away sometimes and think, actually, they were right, or actually, I can, I can take that feedback and use it, use it uh, on, a, on another piece of work, you know. Yeah, yeah, completely. And also, like for the future of yourself, then where would where do you see your your work going next? Then, where well, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, at the moment, you know, I'm taking the chance to, you know, I live alone, so everybody's got different experiences and different situations with um, with, with with lockdown, you know. But I think you know, I'll always regret it if I, if I look back and think I'm not really taking taking the opportunity to, to sort of write more. I, I, I think I'm doing that. So there are some competitions. I've, I've been much more organised this year. I've put the competition dates down the deadlines. Um, I want to be published, of course I do, you know. And um, I want to, you know, and I'm, I've actually recently been on a comma press six month short story course, stories around about sort of 3,000 words, which is a different form for me. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. I think I've produced some decent stuff out there. I've got some great feedback from the course tutors. Very, very positive. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, I've written, I've just written, I've just finished a, a 4,700 word story to hold to the BBC National yeah. Top Story Award. And uh, I'm sort of trying to aim high, you know. And so, yeah, I want to be like a lot of other writers, I want to be published. And um, um, I want to, you know, and I'd like to get a play put on as well. Yeah, you mentioned, I know we were talking about your play, weren't we? And obviously, with the lockdown in place, and that's going to delay it now. But 
is the play complete then what you've been working on? Oh, it's, it's, it's not complete. I might have played that set on the car park, basically. So, <laughs> oh, no surprise. <laughs> and it's, and it's, so it's a, but it's obviously a different discipline than mine in the short sketches, because the short sketches are just a quick hit, where this is a story about, you know, somebody called November 2, as in the phonetic alphabet. Yeah, and, of course. And, uh, and how we ended up on, the, how, how he ended up on the car park. It's his story. I envisioned it a little bit like something like called Pompeii, where Frankie Allen sort of tries to tell a story and keeps getting interrupted. It's a bit like that in the story. Oh, looking forward to it. Look, I hope you get a stage of Steve's hand off Frankie Howard, and I think it'll be. No, no, your sense of humour would be well worth it. I mean, I've got, I have talked to Lee Beckett down at the Muston, you know, the, 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 the Muston Minus Community Arts Centre. You know, he's, he's really keen to sort of, he's keen to play this sport. He's really keen to sort of put something on, so I want to put something on there. But as you say, you know, um, you know, I think I'll have to sort of run with that once, 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 once the lockdowns lift or eased. But the big thing is just to write. The big thing is when you write it, just to write, you know, just to think, get in front of the screen and, and get it done and then get it finished. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I know. I agree. Great people playing. Good luck with it. Now, Steve, if people want to find out more about you, where are the best colleagues? About me? Yeah, about you, yeah, as a writer, yeah. I mean, I'm just following me on Facebook, to be honest. I mean, I put some stuff on there, you know, and uh, it tends to be popular because it is, like, short, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Where right. um, I, 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 I haven't got a blog, um, I haven't got a website. I'm a bit, you know, I know, I know you know, you, you, you advise on a website, but uh, I'm not saying it shouldn't be, and maybe it's something like that I will set up. About the moment, it's just best on the you know, look me up on Facebook. I'm on Twitter yeah. as well, but occasionally use that. Yeah, it's always worth following you, following you on Facebook, because I'd say you do put lots of, lots of really good dialogue pieces on Facebook, and they're always a pleasure to read. And anyone see you do get, you have got a following on there, that's a short, so yourself, so no, great stuff, Steve. So, right, what we're going to do is that's all my questions for today. We'll take a quick break, everybody. We'll split the conversation in half. And we'll let Steve get a few pieces ready to get read for us in the second half. Is that for right for you, Steve? Sounds good. Right, yeah, great. We'll finish off here. So hang around, guys. We'll be back in two minutes. Spock on me. Hi, guys. Okay, I'm still here with Steve, and Steve's now going to do a selection of his works for us. Over to you, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Um, yeah, what I thought I'd do first was read some some poetry. Um, Fairly short poems, um, two or three. Uh, the, it's, these poems were published as part of the Manchester Buddhist Centre, a group of poets. It was a fundraiser for the centre itself, and it's a group that I'm still a, still a member of. And um, we've actually got a Zoom event on Thursday, um, and it's a great collection. It's called Gazing at Death, and uh, my. Um, I, I've got I've had two pieces, I've two poems published in it. And uh, the first one is called Spotlight. And I suppose I wrote it sort of inspired by going to see my son uh, school play, and it was that sort of slightly awkward moment where you, you know, my estranged ex was there as well, and you're never quite sure how to sort of navigate that first sort of school performance, really. So it was based on that, and it's called Spotlight. 
caught your eye before the lights went out. Hesitant waves, not quite half smile. Couldn't focus on the stays till our boy came on, silently stoking the ship's invisible fire with all his might. Applause died down. We stand apart in the aisle, look at the ground, then I'm grabbed around the legs and we laugh at the sound of his voice. Head swiveling, he shines his spotlight on us. Brilliant, Steve. It's what I love what your work is, the brevity of it, because it's that's a very, very short piece. I and mean, I'll just concentrate on thought He's gonna there's more to come here, but it wasn't I mean, you you cut it off then perfectly, you cut people off in it. And he, he leaves them more to think about then. And I think that's really, really good writing. Great stuff, mate. Okay, what's your second piece, mate? Well, the second piece is called High Tide, and it's when I started to feel better, I think, about things. Um, probably took me a couple of years, really, to stop feeling, you know, angry and, you know, all the things that people feel um, when a relationship, a long relationship, breaks up. And, you know, you want to feel better, but you just can't seem to get there. And I remember being a, um, sitting on a bench near the, uh, the beach, and uh, this poem came to me. It's a short poem, it's called High Time. Draw a line in the sun. One side, scribe those things you love about me. Down the other, those you don't. Take care of the one's blank column, which now goes on and on as closest to the breaking waves. And what remains from our heyday is not washed away, but I was. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, there's a lot, that piece there, there's a weight behind the words in it, right? You made every word count then, brilliant, and all great stuff, mate, seriously, so. Thanks very much, thanks. I'll just, I'll just go one more poem, and it's, um, um, I suppose it's inspired by women really who, who have sort of known, you know, have grown up with and, you know, strong women really. And, you know, when I, when I, when I went back to live in New there was a pub across the road and I always used to think about all the women, you know, they all used to sort of get dressed up and make an effort and always look good on a Sunday and it was always a big day, some Sunday lunchtime straight through to the evening. And, um, yeah, it's inspired by a painting called um, The Siren and Ulysses, which is a big painting hanging in Manchester Art Gallery. And um, the painting almost shows that the siren waving to Ulysses, trying to get his attention. The, the big thing about the painting is that the other sirens are looking up at this particular siren, and you can see they're almost being besotted with her, they're in love with her. It's all about her, not about Ulysses. And this is called. Um, Karaoke siren. The women on the rocks adore her, dressed like her, half naked, even in winter, necking pints of lager and cider in the beer garden. Whenever she lights up, the women clamour to be near her. Her chesty laughter, always infectious. She's a siren calling the shots. Four tequila slammers and five sambucas. Every other Sunday, the landlord splashes out on karaoke. She knows the numbers, 
hands high, armpits dripping, swaying on sticky carpets, snipe perfume, mingled with boots. Coveted by men, skulking in corners, nudging each other, claiming they had her, when all she'd done was she'd tried to untie was there isn't to listen to the song of the silence. Swim to them, swim to them. They're waiting to hold you. Go to them, go to them. One day, they will be grown up. But the men are plugged deaf, remain strapped to the mast, while the women swarm round, craning their necks to see her as they dance with each other, dreaming they could be her. Very, very sublime, that, Steve. Very excellent, mate, that one. So, do you see you're going to do some flash fiction pieces here today as well, am I imagining things? I've got two flash fiction pieces. What I've got to do has been, in 2017, I entered the Bridport Pride. It was the first competition I ever entered, really, and I thought, well, I'm high. And I got on the shortlist. I think it was about 1,400 entrants from 30 other countries. Wow. This particular prestigious, I got on the, I got on the shortlist, and uh, there was a, a, a story called Mist. There was a story called Mist Connection. And uh, yeah, I sort of, I was, I was a bit sort of, I was, you know, I got blown away really by it. Gave me a lot of encouragement, you know, gave me a lot of encouragement to sort of carry on. I thought if I think sort of somebody's read that and it's, and it's touched them in a way that I thought they put it forward to the shortly. So I was particularly, uh, I was particularly encouraged by it, you know. I think equally, you know, you can, send something in good that just doesn't get met just because I make the cut and you can send something in that you think is better but you know it's down to the judges as well but um, I mean there are things that there are common denominators in terms of writing in terms of getting something you know something good and it, it will tend to get you know it will tend to get somewhere um yeah so I thought I'd read this read this this piece and um it's called uh it's called misconnection. I just, uh, just need to find them. Sorry, it was, it was here. Um, talking on yourselves, I think. I can see it. Misconnection. This calm acceptance only made things worse. I can't go on, she said. Even when you're here, you're always somewhere else. I didn't know that's how you felt. Why would you? You weren't looking. You looked then. Her hair was scraped back, her face taut. He missed his last train home, so she let him stay. He twisted and turned on the sofa, but lay still when he heard sobbing from the bedroom. His train wasn't until 10, when he rose at 6 and dressed in the greenness. He closed the front door quietly behind him. The train pulled up unexpectedly between Abergavani and Hereford. He wasn't sure which country he was in. He squinted out the window into a timber merchant's yard. Pencil-like logs were stacked in neat triangular shapes, as if a child had done it. A muffled announcement came over the tower. After a while, the train restarted. They almost nodded off, but were startled by something rattling. There was a red uniformed woman pushing a refreshment trolley. 
Coffee, sir? Whiskey. She put a miniature bottle on a plastic beaker in front of him. He took out his wallet. A photograph fell from it face up onto the table. It was of him laughing, pushing a little girl on a swing. Ruby. She would be 18 in the new year. Anything else, sir? Sir? He shook his head and paid. He put the photograph back and necked the whiskey from the bottom. Cheap on the line, according to Mrs. Connection. People around him hurried. Others craned their necks to check departure boards while he sat on a platform bench in the winter sunshine, looking at his hands. Wow. Wow, yeah. That's got, that's really, that's really, I can see where you got, you got the nomination for that, Steve. That's exceptional, that piece. Really, really good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very I can, much, mate. I can imagine your face, I can imagine your face has been that when you got the email come through saying you've had a nomination for it. You're thinking, oh my God, like that probably weren't you? Wow. I was, in, I was actually in IKEA with a mate of mine and uh, I owned it. And, you know, it, I was supposed to be over in, I don't know why they asked me to come along because I don't really know anything about lamps. You <laughs> only got lamp that day for a different reason. I wasn't much help to him, you know. And then, so that was in 2017, and then in 2018, that's some sort of Bridport prizes actually for these different categories there's poetry and short stories. And it's massive, I think there's something like 6,000 people into the poetry competition. Um, uh, but the Bath Flash Fiction is just Flash Fiction. Um, although they do have a Flash Fiction in the Vela category, which is really where you get a maybe. Uh, maybe the length of 20,000 words, maybe 15, 20,000 words of separate flash fiction stories that are linked together by a narrative arc. And that's, that's novella in flash. It's something I'm interested in, but this is this is this was the flash fiction section. And I, I, I think there's about, I've got the short list, about 800 people. I think there's a long list of call it 50, 800 people. Um, um, 30 other countries, 40 countries actually apply. So it's a popular competition, it's a popular prestigious competition. So yeah, again, I was encouraged by getting on the, on the long list for this. And um, uh, this was, and, and I've been working on the car park for about three months when I wrote this. And it's interesting looking back, I've been there to, uh, to over two years now. And looking back, it's, it's the things that struck me really. Because it works at the council, which I really, in terms of, you know, it's, in terms of the, the industrial relations itself, in terms of you know, in terms of conditions or whatever, they're very sort of like quite sort of stable compared to when I worked because I work as a casual worker, so it's you know, you know, I, I, I get the work as and when. Um, and this was it was basically a true conversation I've listened to, and uh, it was supposed to go leaving. The, I, I didn't know I called to before, even though we worked together for nearly six months. Their face and sweating, he'd taken up his wool and bean. I've got a new job, he said, squinting in the sunshine. Doing what? Delivers for a chemist, dropping off prescriptions. Only 25 hours a week. That's enough of my age. Prescription. Heart tablets, inhalers, Viagra. And that's just for me, perhaps. I wanted to say, and this is really more than us before shift. Mrs. Patience explaining the job to new starters. Missing passing around his biscuits at food time. 
They said, laughing, as he's on jokes. Instead, I said, so you're going to be a jewel runner? You laugh, I'll use that one myself. When are you going? Back this year. Today, this show, Kevin's wants me to start tomorrow. What did Alpha One say? She pulled her face, said she wanted notice. I said, I've never had a contract. Why go now? You've seen it for winter. I've had seven winters there, and there'll always be another. He said, moving a traffic cone, blocking the way into Echo 2 car park. A blue Saab entered. He put the cone back. Mind you, I missed the excitement. We were quiet for a moment. What did you used to do before working here? I asked. I was a joiner for the council since I was a kid. A joiner? Everybody here used to do something, I said, smiling. I took early retirement, had a leaving, the room were packed. A jangle on the feet. Better open up. I'll make you a farewell cuppa, that break. No, come on, here is. I'll be well gone. Oh, okay. Bye then. He shielded his eyes with his hand, watching the blue sound. Is that clown parking on the disabled bay? Oh, yeah, I like that. Excellent one, that Steve. It's a great way, great way of finishing that session off there. That's fantastic, mate. Really, really enjoyed that. So, hang around. I need a quick word of you off mic. But as I'll do, the imaginary mic, I should say. Thank you again today, Steve. It's been a pleasure, as always, my friend. So, this is oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And again, signing out, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. See you all. Spoken. Thanks again for listening to another session of the Spoken Label. Our full archive can be found over on Bandcamp at Spoken Label. That's one word. Spoken Label. Full stop. Bandcamp. Com. And there is over 150 sessions there. So I'm sure that if you've enjoyed this session, there'll be something else there you can enjoy as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken, mate.